Good morning. Welcome to worship. I'm Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. So good to be gathered together today to worship God in this place. We're continuing our sermon series called The Way, and we're thinking about reflecting on uh, uh, the life of faith that God calls us into deeper and deeper and deeper. And so as we do that, we're looking at stories from the book of Acts, which is this biblical account in the New Testament of the early church in the days after Jesus ascended into heaven. And we're pairing those stories with our, our soul business map. Now, soul business is a phrase that we use here at Hope to talk about, tending to that faith part of our lives. Tending to that uh, part of our life, we tend to lots of business in our lives, but that faith part is so important, we need to invest in it, we need to take time for it, we need to make it the center of our existence, and, and we do that for the purpose of letting our soul business, our faith in Jesus, be the thing that gives shape and focus and purpose and meaning to the lives that we lead each and every day. And so the map that we've designed, if you'd like one, we've, we've got them at the desk out in the hallway, the info desk. Please stop and grab one after worship. But, but it's designed to help us to answer two questions. The first is where are you in your faith journey? And every single one of you is on a faith journey, whether you realize it or not. And second, knowing where you are, what is the next step of faith that God is calling you into? So the map is to help us realize that no matter where we are, God has a next step for us to take, and we are called to take it. And so here we are in worship. We're opening God's word. Let's pray as we do. Heavenly Father, your word is a lamp to our feet, and it's a light to our path. May it light the path for us today so that we might know where you're calling us next. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I was an intern for a year during seminary, learning to be a pastor. I was at a church in the Twin Cities, and, and I remember one Sunday morning, it was kind of like this Sunday morning, cold and, and bright, probably January, and it was after both services had finished for the morning, and, and everyone had cleared out of the sanctuary and gone down for the important stuff, donuts and coffee, and uh, I had forgotten something or needed to check on something, so I walked back down the hall into the foyer, and as I did, I noticed this young man that I had never seen before, and he was standing there in the entryway of the church, and the, and the church was set up with, with two sets of double doors, like most buildings in this part of the world. The first set brings you out of the cold, the second set brings you into the building, and this young man was between those two sets of doors. He was wearing his coat, his hat, uh, his, and he was standing, and not in the cold, but he wasn't in the building either. He was just between those two sets of doors, and, and I stepped out to greet him. I told him who I was, and, and he told me his name. His name was Alex, and I noticed that as I as looked at Alex, that tucked under his arm, he had a Bible, and there was this moment of silence between the two of us before he pointed to the Bible under his arm, and then he held it out, and he said, tell me about this. Tell me about this. I have so many questions, and he did. 
He had many, many questions that he started to ask, questions about the story of scripture, questions about faith, about God, about Jesus, about his death, about his resurrection, about what all of this meant. And, and I tried to give him my best answers. I was a seminary student at the time, so I probably gave him more head stuff than heart stuff. But, but I, I tried to convey the message, and I hope that he got the core of the story that Jesus had lived for him. Jesus had died for him, and Jesus rose from the grave for him. And I think he got that, because he said, I know that. I believe that. That's what brought me here. That message had brought him to the church, but he was so uncertain about what to do next. He had this Bible there in his hand, but, but he couldn't quite bring himself into a church because he didn't know what that next step meant. And following uh, that next step seemed like too big of a step. And so he left. He thanked me and, and walked back into the cold towards his apartment, I think, down the road. And I never saw him again. But as I think back to that moment now, as I remember his questions, as I remember his curiosity, as I remember his honest doubt, I, I realized that Alex had been searching. He'd been searching for, for truth. He'd been searching for a foundation. He'd been searching for something to believe in, something to give him direction and purpose and meaning in life. He was looking for something, I believe, someone to follow. And I hope that he found it. I hope that he did, and I pray that he did. But we don't often get the whole story in life. We just get snippets. The book of Acts is this amazing account of what happened to those people who had decided to follow Jesus in the wake of his death. His followers had, had hidden and, and they'd hunkered down and they'd returned to life. But in his resurrection, they had been amazed. They had been amazed because what God had promised about the hope and salvation of the world had come true in the resurrection of their Lord Jesus Christ. He had risen, he had ascended into heaven and when he did, he gave them a task to go and, and to tell the story to share the good news of the life and salvation in the God who made the world, the one God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus told them to go and tell the story of that God, to baptize, to share that message right there in their community, but also all the way to the ends of the earth. And so this small group of believers, they head out to do just that. And, and as they do, the, the number of believers begins to grow, and we see in Acts these real stories of people who were shaped by the gospel, this message of, of the good news of Jesus and how it changed their lives. We, we see how it makes them brave, how it makes them bold, how it makes them willing to, to give of themselves, to shed who they used to be, sometimes even to give their very lives so that the story of Jesus and his sacrifice would come to all the people of the world. Today we meet Lydia. 
Paul, this messenger of God who had met the risen Jesus while he was traveling on a road, he's out telling uh, the good news and he's traveling with some of his companions and as they do, they come to this place called Philippi. It's a a Roman colony in Macedonia and while they're there, the Sabbath day comes and and it's their custom on the Sabbath day to stop and to, to worship and to pray and so they look for a place where they can do this and they walk down to this river and there's a gathering of women there and one of them is named Lydia. We don't get a whole lot about this woman in scripture, but what we do get is is telling. She's a businesswoman. She sells cloth, purple cloth to be specific. That's a royal color in that time, so she was a person of importance. She's from a a different place, from Thyatira in, in Asia Minor, and she's come as a transplant to Philippi, probably for her work, and because of that, we can guess that, that she was probably a Gentile, not Jewish, but, but at the same time, she was a believer. A believer in the God of Israel, the, the God that the Jews worshiped, the, the creator of the world. And so there she is. This interesting woman at the river, and maybe she's a little bit like Alex there, curious, uncertain, believing, wanting to know and hear more. And it's there that she hears the story of what God has done. She hears the story for the first time of Jesus. And she listens as Paul tells the story of God's redemption, how the God who made the world chose his people, how he never abandoned them, how he was with them when they were enslaved in Egypt and he led them out of slavery and he wandered the wilderness with them and then eventually he brought them to the promised land. He gave them judges and kings and out of the house of one of those kings whose name was David descended Jesus, the son of God, the savior of the world. She listened as Paul talked about Jesus who was condemned, who who died a death on a cross, whose body was then taken down and laid in a tomb. Jesus, who, who was raised on the third day, who had been seen after his resurrection by many, many people, who was ascended into heaven. And, and then Paul probably said to those women there at the river what he had said earlier in a place called Antioch and many other places, these words, today I want you to know Today I want you to know that through this Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. To you. And Lydia heard it. And those words, the message of a savior of forgiveness in life, they didn't just sit there in her mind. They traveled that great distance down to her heart. And God did something there and she was changed forever. She decided then that she would follow Jesus and she was baptized and she then becomes a part of this story that unfolds in Acts. She, she houses Paul and, and the other missionaries. She's there for them later when they have this miraculous escape from prison. Amazing things happen in her life. But here's what I love the most. Lydia came to faith and was baptized. And scripture tells us, so was the rest of her household. Lydia decided to follow. She made this leap. And because of it, generations of her family were brought into a life with God. If we look at the wheel from our soul business map, the one that helps us to answer where am I at in my faith journey, there's four categories there, seeking, believing, following, and leading. We can see that believing and following are right next to each other. 
And Lydia does both. Well, she does all of them, but specifically believing and following. She believes first and foremost what she hears, and she wrestles with it. It's this dance of the mind and the heart where the Holy Spirit helps us to say, I believe. She believes, but she doesn't stop there. She leans into that belief and she follows. She takes a step into the life of faith, a step into the forgiveness, grace, and mercy of Jesus. And we don't get the rest of Lydia's story just like I didn't get the rest of Alex's, but I would guess that, that uh, her decision, that big one to believe, it actually led her to lots of other little decisions, deciding to follow Jesus over and over and over again in big and small ways in her life because that's what happens when we take that step from believing to following. Faith uh, moves out of the mind and into our hearts and hands and into our habits. It comes to life in, in in a new way in our life, it becomes a part of the lives that we lead every day. It changes not just who we are, but how we live in this world. And it also changes the shape of our families, of our workplaces, of our neighborhoods, and of our world. I was talking the other day to my grandpa. He's 90 years old, and we were talking about this, talking about how faith and, and how the decision that someone makes to follow Jesus like Lydia can, can ripple through families and communities through time and place and through generations to generations. And he told me that that, that was true for him, and I suppose because of that, it's true for me. He told me a story that, that I'd never heard before. My grandpa's first memory of his dad was this. He remembers his dad, Leonard, laying on the floor at home, on his back. He'd been out drinking and he came home and he was laying there on the floor and his own dad, my grandpa's grandpa, whose name was Torger, Torger was, was sitting on top of Leonard pointing his finger down at him, lecturing him about responsibility, about his role as a dad, about the dark path that he was on. And there was my grandpa standing to the side, four years old, and that, uh, watching that scene unfold. And it must have been seared into his memory because there, 86 years later, he still remembers it. And it could have been a life of brokenness and hurt that followed that memory. But something happened that changed the course of their lives. Soon after that moment, after that memory, an evangelist came to the little town of Clearbrook, Minnesota. He came to their church and he told the story of the salvation of Jesus and Leonard heard it in a way that he had never heard it before. And this man searching for something in life found it. He found a God to believe in, to hope in, to trust in, something to follow, and he did. And I'm sure it wasn't instantaneous, but he laid down that life that he was leading. He laid down the bottle and he got up off the floor and he rose with Christ to a new life. And the life that followed, it wasn't perfect, it never is. But that decision to follow Jesus changed the shape and the course of his family forever. And as my grandpa and I talked about that, he said, who knows what, have, what would have become of my dad or what would have become of me. Think about how the ripples of his decision to follow Jesus changed his life, my life, 
and even your life. My grandpa grew up to become a preacher, probably my favorite preacher, but I'm biased in that. A whole house, a family, my house, my family, was changed when Leonard, this man that I never knew, never met, decided that he would follow Jesus. I saw a headline the other day. It said this, are you the same person that you used to be? And I thought about that for a while, and I guess my answer would be, I sure hope not. I hope that that following Jesus shapes me every day to be more like him. And I find hope that that could be true when I hear the stories of those who came before me, people like Lydia and Leonard and all those who have decided to follow Jesus. What about you? You've heard of of God's salvation, of the forgiveness that's for you. You've uh, heard it, but have you leaned in? Have you started to not only believe in that salvation, that it's yours in Jesus, but live it too? Are you the same person that you used to be, or, or has Jesus shaped you into who he's calling you to be? Have you taken the next step? In our gospel today, Jesus invites us to follow him. And I hope that you hear that invitation not just as an obligation, but also as an opportunity, a chance to jump in, to be immersed in his love, to take a step towards him. And you might be thinking today, well, I want to take that step, but I have no idea how. And I would say this, if you want to get warm, you take a step closer to the fire. It's the same with our faith. Take a step closer to him. And so for the next hour, I'm gonna outline 5,600 ways that you can do that. (laughs) Could we start the PowerPoint? (laughs) I'm just kidding. But you get the point. There are so many different ways that we can take a step in our faith. So many ways that are in front of us. I remember a man at the congregation I served before I came here saying to me, you know, I begin each day, or at least I try to do this, I begin each day by saying, Lord, open my heart to follow you. Boy, that's a pretty good start. There's lots of ways that you can take a a next step here at Hope. Alpha's coming up, starts tonight at five. You can just show up. We'd love to have you. Our deeply rooted study is going to be coming back in February. There's a small group for certain, uh, one of many here at Hope that has a place for you. There's opportunities to serve. You saw Night to Shine is coming up. There's a a chance for you to to care for this world. The Bible's there on your shelf, and it's maybe waiting to be opened. His word is there and ready to be read and heard. Open it up. Read the first psalm. Read the the Gospel of Matthew. Read it every day. He's calling you closer to him, to follow him, to live a life with him. And my word to you today is jump in. Jump in and let the ripples shape you. Let them shape your house, your family, the world, and generations to come. Amen. Father in heaven, today we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and the life that he offers us. We thank you for the gift of faith that brings us into that life with him. 
Help us, Lord, to believe, to believe that his salvation is for us, and then to take a step, to take a step towards you. Help us to know how to do that. Open our hearts. Open our hearts to your leading. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.